0: Welcome to the Ackerman Center podcast.
1: As a digital extension of the Ackerman Center, our goal is to teach the past so we can change the future.
2: In doing so, we address issues related to the Holocaust, genocide, and human rights
0: studies from diverse perspectives.
1: Welcome back to the Ackerman Center podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. We are joined by Dr. Dina Porat, Professor Emerita of Modern Jewish History at Tel Aviv University, and the presenter of this year's Einsberg Holocaust Lecture. We are also joined by Ackerman Center Professor Dr. David Patterson. Welcome to you both, and thank you for being here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Angie. And welcome, Dr. Porat. Uh, Thank you. Once again, we have... Uh, a world-class, truly world-class scholar, as our Einspruch lecturer. Um, Dr. Porat has given two lectures while here, and uh, so we're, we're making good use of her visit and uh, putting her to, to a lot of work. Um, you've spoken about two topics uh, the first lecture was related to a book that you have coming out, November first, from yes. Stanford called yes. Nakam, which mm-hmm. is Revenge. Revenge. And this morning you spoke about anti-Semitism, the IRA, the definition, the IRA definition of anti-Semitism and controversy surrounding that. Um, how do you feel w- w- about the questions you were being asked uh, mm-hmm. w- with either lecture? With, uh, concerning revenge or the anti-Semitism definition? Do you have thoughts about re, you know reflecting back on the lectures?
2: Um, okay. Uh, thank you for having invited me, uh, and thank you for the question. Yes, indeed, both lectures, the one on Nakam and the revenge and the attempt to kill 6 million Germans after the war and the lecture on the definition of anti-Semitism were followed by, I think, very good questions. Um, and um, what you are asking me, in fact, is what do these uh, questions reflect? Uh, and I believe they do if reflect that people care about these issues. Mm. Uh, people care. They listen very attentively. Um the their questions uh, reflected not only care but um, a personal attempt to know more. And I think that all in all, if you put the questions together, they reflect a certain concern that these issues, as important as they are, are not being carried on by the younger generations. Mm-hmm. And they are worried about the extent of knowledge, about the extent of taking care, um, about media twisting reality uh, without the possibility of youngsters to to know that it is twisted and to counter it. So I think this is the, the main feature that unites the questions together
0: yes I, that's uh, i think you're you're right on when you say that the 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 questioning indicates that people care mhm they do care and when when we speak about the holocaust or antisemitism it seems to me that we're we're speaking about events and phenomena that concern who we are as human beings mm-hmm. Uh, You know, Elie Wiesel once said that the ultimate mystery of the Holocaust is that whatever happened took place in the soul. So these are questions that go to the life of the soul. What is a human being? Uh, Where does the sanctity of the other human being lie? Uh, What is Jewish teaching about that, Mm -hmm. you know, that we all come from one human being, we're created in God's image, is is the tradition? when you, when you spoke about revenge and you spoke about the role of revenge in, in Jewish tradition and in the Bible, for yes. example, I mean, were there a Jew, you, you can't discuss Jews for very long without getting to the Bible, right mm-hmm. I mean that's, <laughs>
2: yeah
0: that's where we come from <laughs> basically. so what about that? Uh, with the issue of revenge in, in, in Jewish teaching and tradition, it was in the title of your the Hebrew yes. edition yeah,
2: yeah. well. Um, and let me say before that one word more about your first question. Mm-hmm. Um, one more issue that was common to many of the reactions was that people came up to me and brought me books that they've written about the families or started telling me their family stories. And... This also reflects a certain concern Mm -hmm. that the family history should be remembered and should be recorded in a way. And it is a bit difficult to do so when you started doing it in a later age. And now go find the material or the witnesses, etc. And people, again, are concerned that uh, with um, the flow of time... Perhaps the family story will not be well-remembered. And this I found very human, as you said, coming from the soul, as you said, uh, very much so.
0: Yes, the memory. And the memory is about the future, not just the past. Yeah. They want, and you were asked questions about your hope for the future, the sense mm-hmm. of future. Uh, a sense of our, of our humanity lies in a sense of future. Uh, Memory is for the sake of a future.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. There was a question there that takes me to your uh, question about Jewish tradition Mm. and and revenge. Uh, There was a question by a lady uh, that took me back to the trip I had in Rwanda a few weeks ago where uh, I spoke to a gathering of teachers And they were asking, you know, they were all, they and the students in the universities were asking the same questions we are asking in Israel. Mm -hmm. Because these are post-trauma and post-tragedy questions. And her question, the lady here yesterday, was about how do you teach? How do you teach such an event to youngsters? And I think she hit a major problem which is related to your questions because on the one hand, you have the Jewish commandment, z'chor. You have to remember. Mm -hmm. Z'chor means passing the Jewish tradition from one generation to another. Right. The father sitting by the table and telling his sons. Well, today we think he should tell his daughters as well, not just the sons. And, um, okay, whole means remembering whatever happened. But during the Holocaust or during the, the murder, the cruel murder in Rwanda or in other tragedy, there were such atrocities being perpetrated that how come you can speak to children about it? Mm-hmm. And from what age? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to traumatize them? If your life is traumatic enough as it is. You, uh, so as teachers, educators, uh, scholars, we have to find a way to bridge the, the discrepancy between the commandment to remember and the in transmitting the facts as they were which is which can be destructive. It can, um, it can jeopardize youngsters' faith in, in, in fellow men, mm-hmm. in humanity, in God. Where was God? Whatever God, where was he when all this uh, was happening? Mm-hmm. Where were international institutions that are supposed to take care of the situation? So finding this bridge is uh, he, is very difficult. It's definitely difficult.
0: Yes, um, but the, as you say, zachor is central to Jewish teaching and, mm-hmm. and tradition. We have yisker services, you know, remembering those who went before us in our liturgies, uh, and in our commandments regarding, you know, to remember the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and uh, and observe shamor. I mean, mizahor goes with shamor. Yes. Right. Shamoah is not just observing. It's watching over very yeah. carefully. God is Shomer yisrael. Yes. Something precious entrusted mm-hmm. to us with Shamoah. Sure. We watch over it, mm-hmm. protect it, keep it alive. So the memory is crucial. Um, not only what happened, but why it matters. Yeah. And what's at stake. You know, I tell when I teach Holocaust courses, it it is traumatizing at any age. It's Mm. traumatizing to me. Yep,
2: you're right.
0: To to wrestle with it and deal with it. But I try to remind my students: look, this is like you you enter into a a, a labyrinth, uh, and it's it's a certain darkness. You know, into that darkness is the title of one of the books. Uh, Gita Saramani, right? Um, But I say the 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 point is not to sink into despair. Mm -hmm. The point is to come to a deeper understanding of the holiness, the sanctity, the dearness of a human life, and how fragile it is, how easily it can be lost. And what's, in, what's entrusted to us, so it's not just Zahor, remember it, but Shamor, watch over this,
2: mm-hmm.
0: this precious. Yeah.
2: Over generations and centuries, an image of a Jew was built. Mm-hmm. One layer upon the other. Religious, um, separatists, they are on their own and they don't touch you and they don't marry you and they don't eat with you and then political they want to ruin uh, to, mm-hmm. to dominate the world mm-hmm. and then economic they are prosperous and they govern behind the scenes so one layer upon the other there is a, a, a negative image that is there that exists that you can use to many uh, for many uh purposes mm-hmm. And this image in each generation, each time, including our own time, gets, its, uh, gets one more layer and one more uh, attribute. And I think that since the Durban conference in, in 2001 and the fall of the Twin Towers mm-hmm. that were, uh, uh, that came about two days after the conference in Durban was over. And there started a new kind of anti-Semitism. The, today's anti-Semitism is characterized by more conspiracy theories that have nothing to do with a real Jew. Sure. And they come to explain to people, or people explaining to themselves, what on earth is going on today? Who, who is behind crisis, wars? A, economic troubles. Uh, I think the essence of antisemitism, if you would like to define it in one sentence, the essence would be the discrepancy between what Jews really are and yeah. between what the anti imagination attributes to them. And you are right. This uh, image is uh, ingrained in people who did not decide or were out to be adamant to be anti-Semitic. It's just like part of what uh, uh, of what everyone thinks. It's acceptable. It's a uh, it's a fact. It's as if a
0: fact. Yeah. Well, there are those who are not so innocent.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we, we spoke about Eichmann. We spoke mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. real anti-Semites, mm-hmm. murderous mm-hmm. anti-Semites. I think in my own view, if you follow anti-Semitism to its logical end, you arrive at mass murder.,
1: yeah.
0: it requires mass murder. If you follow the thinking, yes. to the end, as Eichmann does.
2: Right? You mentioned Eichmann, and before that you mentioned, Uh, And I like that that when we were speaking about uh, um, the concern of traumatizing children Mm -hmm. and the youngsters when you teach them all this. And you said, and I liked it, I myself am still traumatized. I keep explaining to myself, but the explanations are are not enough. I must tell you that um, recently a three-part series... Uh, has been aired in Israel, uh, and it contains recordings of Eichmann speaking in Uh Argentina to a fellow Nazi who was originally a Dutch um, newspaperman, a Dutch reporter. And they were a group of ex-Nazis, well, still Nazis, but not in Germany, in Argentina who were meeting and speaking to one another and supporting one another. And Sassen recorded Eichmann speaking. And if we are speaking about trauma, I think in Israel, uh, where this has been aired, so many people watched it and were amazed again and taken aback Mm -hmm. to hear his voice speaking so passionately about killing Jews, about killing at least 10 10, um, million, Mm -hmm. about him sending people to Auschwitz, about him not obeying Himmler to stop it. So you are bewildered by the depth of the the anti-Semitic feeling uh, and by the... um, uh, and by the way, this feeling makes a person act. As mm-hmm. you said, if you feel that way and you think that way and you're convinced that they are a trouble to all humanity, okay, what's the conclusion? So it, that was quite a trauma, let me tell you.
0: Well, the, in, in the case of Eichmann and others like him, you see that it, this anti-Semitism is, has the trappings of a religion, Mm-hmm. A, a fanaticism, yes. a devotion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you
0: know. uh, sure.
2: Uh, uh, I'm sure you read uh, the conversations with Hitler, Hermann Rauschening, yes, yes, Conversations with Hitler. Yes. Where he is uh, quoting uh, him as uh, saying, "There is no room in the world." for these two races, the Jews and the Aryan race. There is no... We are eternal rivals. We are opposites, which is, of course, quite a compliment to the Jewish people to be <laughs> the op- opposite of yes. Nazis. Uh, but when he says <laughs> that, he means there is no room for the two of us. It's either you or us. Yes. And he yes. attributes, and this is part of the conspiracy theories of today we were speaking about, he contributes or attributes, sorry, to the Jews such power. The Jews were helpless yeah. during that time. Yeah. They had no state. They had no world organization. They had no no agreement on one way, on one political way. They were deprived of civil rights. They were at one of the lowest points, and exactly at that low point... Nazism think they are a horrible danger that mm. can control the world and destroy it. Here you see this discrepancy between reality and what the anti-Semite thinks at its worst.
0: Well, it's, to to demonize the Jew is to ascribe power to the Jew.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right? The power of Satan, the invisible wire pullers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so this, I mean, the, the, the anti-Semitic discourse uh, drives home this, the, 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 the idea that it's not that all Jews are evil, but all evil is Jewish.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all evil in the world comes yeah, from the Jews. For yeah, the
2: source of all evil.
0: Yeah, so if you want to cleanse the world and if you want to make the world Rhein, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to make it Rhein, right? Pure, clean purged of all the evil.
2: Yeah.
0: You spoke this morning about new variations on old themes yes. in, in recent anti-Semitism. Holocaust denial, as per the IRA definition, is a form of anti-Semitism, but Holocaust denial itself mm-hmm. takes on different forms, new forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were the one, the, the, the deniers of uh, the Institute for Historical Review, for example, in the '80s, early '90s, where they're quite upfront with them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what they what they stand, where they stand. But Holocaust denial, distortion, even trivializ- trivialization is developing more and more, and I see it in schools. This-
2: well, indeed, today the what we used to call gross, gross anti, uh, gross denial right. is saying it didn't exist. Uh, This was um, mainly uh, published and believed in by a core of uh, Holocaust deniers during the 80s and 90s of last century. Mm -hmm. But uh, if, uh, uh, and today you have it in different forms, Uh, it's not saying that the Holocaust did not exist. It's saying more, A, we, other nations, we suffered as well. Right. Under the Nazis. We also need compensation. Right now, Poland is asking for an astronomical sum for, from Germany as a compensation. So we also need compensation. We also suffered. The Jews are not the only sufferers and the only martyrs. We too. Um, also, uh, we have today at least the third generation after the Holocaust— which uh, sees it's it's very difficult to accept that their fathers or uh, certainly their grandfathers and mothers were capable of doing such a thing. Mm -hmm. They don't believe. So there is also an intergenerational forum of having a Holocaust light, making it... Right. Having a Holocaust light, lighter than uh, it had been. So it's uh, economic compensation. It's intergenerational. Uh, it's religious because with more religion, especially among the Christians, uh, the, the faults of the Pope or the Holocaust being done by Christians mm-hmm. is harder to accept and they would like to have their children. And future generations... Grow up not with a heavy guilt on the soldiers' shoulders, but with the idea that it wasn't that terrible. Okay? And so you have many layers in society religious, political, economic to whom admitting that the Holocaust was as such is not useful. Yeah. It's not useful. They want the future generations to. To be raised proudly, and not with always this heavy
0: fault. Yes.
2: Heavy, heavy guilt.
0: I see. I see tendencies to de-Judaize it, as you said. Jews get thrown into a category of victims in general.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen the Holocaust defined mm-hmm. as Hitler's attempt to murder. Jews, communists, gypsies, and and with you know, so so the Jews are in a whole array of categories of victims, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's millions of Jews, gypsies, communists, so on. Russian POWs, I mean, and uh, what's what's lost is you know final solution to the Jewish question. Mm -hmm. What is the Jewish question? What's the problem? At least in German, it's it's often called the Vernichtung, right, the the annihilation of the Jews. Uh, And so one of the first things I do when I do a course on the Holocaust is say, what are we talking about exactly? Uh, And most people, perhaps not surprisingly, aren't clear on what exactly we're talking about when we say Holocaust, Shoah, Hurban, and, you know, yeah, are we, well, we, what are we talking I about? I think
2: we started by speaking about uh, quite an enormous amount um, among y- youngsters. But if we have to end, perhaps we can end on a more optimistic note. We in Tel Aviv University, we have produced last year a positive report, knowing that antisemitism is rampant, etc. But we decided to have a positive report to see what in what ways anti-Semitism is being struggled against, not by Jews. And we saw quite a line of declarations of leaders mm-hmm. who understand that this is detriment to society at large. It's not just mm-hmm. just Jews, to to the rule of law, to public order. Declarations of leaders, budgets, more, meh, much more being um, allocated for education, Attempts to legislate, mm-hmm. uh, attempts to limit the big servers, the Facebook, the Twitter, the, the TikTok, to, from publishing anti Semitic material. There are huge conferences being conducted. Uh, again, one was in Stockholm. There were, I was there. I was mm-hmm. to every major one of them. And in all of them, in this October, last October in Malmoins, uh, I heard with my own ears. A whole line, dozens of world leaders pledging to fight anti-Semitism. But the danger that it poses to society at large, the bad example that it sets for other minorities as well, um, motivates leaders and governments and adopters of the, uh, the definition, more than 900 now, to act against and so I think um, there is some some hope.
0: I think so. I've seen it myself. I, I recently had an occasion to speak with some people from the United Arab Emirates, and I, I heard a lecture by one of them, a, a, you know, on anti-Semitism, saying how important it is to oppose anti-Semitism, because, as you say, uh, as it has been said. What begins with the Jews doesn't end with the Jews. With and the it Jews. legitimates other forms of hatred and they, people yes, society. It legitimate, legitimate
2: yeah. other forms. Yeah. And if you, you understand that you can study the Holocaust and anti-Semitism in order to understand how to tackle other evils right. and other discriminations, it has a value, Absolutely. not just for Jews, it has a value in order to, 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 to better this world.
0: Dr. Porat, Dina Parat, thank you so much. Uh, This has been such an engaging and stimulating conversation. Thank you for the opportunity to learn from you and learn with you.
1: Thank
2: you for inviting me.
1: If you missed the lectures presented by Dr. Parat as part of the Einsberg Lecture Series, you can find them on the Ackerman Center website. Please visit the website for more upcoming events and to catch up on podcast episodes. Thank you for listening. This podcast is hosted by a team of dedicated faculty and research assistants at the Ackerman Center for Holocaust Studies. You can learn more about our work and find upcoming events at our website, www.ackerman.utdallas.edu.